most people who attend church will agree upon about one thing, and that's that sermons, messages about money are not very popular. And we've been down that road together, haven't we? Went through this whole commitment thing and four weeks of money messages, and then we made those commitments, and I am still amazed at the way we responded to God's word. And again, I remind you that the number one reason that people don't like church is because it seems like the church is always asking for money. They also say that sermons are boring and worship is passe. It's not real relevant. People also say that church people aren't very friendly, hypocritical. And they also say that they don't, young couples don't like leaving their children in the nursery with strangers. And I think we do a pretty good job of not talking about these things very often. I think our nursery is full of nice, pleasant, sweet, smiling faces, and it's clean, and people tend to have no problem dropping their children off during second service. There will probably be somewhere between 55 and 75 adults and children on the other side of the wall. It is crazy. I think that this is a very friendly church. In fact, and those of you who visit for the first time, you usually get a letter from me and a little questionnaire. What did you notice first? What did you like? What did you not like? And 99.5% of those cards that come back say this is the friendliest church they've ever walked into. Worship, I think our worship is great. You know, it's, it already has kind of a festive look to this place, doesn't it? I mean, we are like locked in for Christmas. And I think the messages are pretty relevant. They aren't too passe. And today we don't talk about money. We talk today about something that's more important than money. I want to bring this study of Colossians to a close today. And as Paul addresses his friends in Colossae, he shares with them something that the church needs more than money. I want to share that with you today. However, let me just say this and then we'll move on. I don't think I will ever apologize for speaking on the topic of money for the king and the kingdom. I think the church that is going to be on the cutting edge, the church that is going to be doing things in this community, the church that is going to be doing ministry the way it ought to be done, needs to have some money. And now we move on to something that's more important than that. If you have your Bibles, Colossians chapter 4, I just want to go through verses 2 through 4 today, and then we, we finish this book together. And in this piece of Scripture, Paul extends a challenge to his friends. And today I want to extend that same challenge to my friends. I want to make that same request to you, and that hopefully together we can carry this message for a long, long time. Devote yourselves to prayer and be watchful and thankful. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we, we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as clearly as I should. In these few verses, Paul encourages his friends not to send money, but to be people of prayer. 
And you know, we tend to be pretty good at prayer on occasion, don't we? We kind of kind of go in and out of it. That seems to be the nature of this beast. And he challenges these people to do three things to make prayer a priority. He says, devote yourself to prayer. He says, look for things to pray about. He says it, be watchful. And then he talks about praying with the proper attitude. He talks about being thankful. And I want to talk you through those things this morning. And then Paul makes a request of his friends in verse 3. He says, and don't forget to pray for us. So today I want to do the very same thing. I want to ask you to make prayer a priority in your life from this day forward if we could do that. I want to ask you to pray specifically for the ministry of this church and your role, your place. And then I ask you too to pray for for your staff that we might be able to accomplish things for the king and the kingdom in a way that we can't even imagine. So before we can begin to think about what we can accomplish for the church, we need to have a firm foundation and that foundation comes from this thing called prayer. The most important thing in the church, and we're not very good at it, are we? I mean, sometimes we are, and sometimes we're not. This, this week, I sent our leadership a copy of a document that I wanted them to, to read with me, and this happens to be um, on prayer. It's entitled, Are You Praying Hard or Hardly Praying? And guys, I hope you and Hope you even shared it with your wives. Because I think the church is only as strong as its leadership. And if we aren't people of prayer, then our foundation tends to be weak anyhow. So let's just unpack three things this morning. Let me start with this. The first thing is, pray. We need to pray that we have opportunities for ministry. Now, this is a dangerous prayer, okay? So if you're sitting out there today and you say, that sounds like fun, I'm going to start praying that God give me an opportunity to do something. Be careful because God will. He will open a door. He will push you through that door. He will begin to dictate those kind of things. No one knows everything that God has in store for the church, and no one really knows what God has in store for you personally. But God does have a plan, he does have a purpose, and he is about preparing us and us for his purpose. A couple weeks ago in small group, we were meeting at the house and we, we were reminded that God has a plan. God has a plan and he is orchestrating that plan. My big question was for my small group, are you part of the plan? Or are you sitting back watching the plan take shape because God does have a plan and purpose and we embrace that through prayer and then he speaks to us. There's a piece of scripture over in Matthew 16, 18 where Jesus makes the statement, I will build this church. He's talking to Peter. And upon this rock, he says... The gates of hell will not even prevail against it. Interesting, when Jesus was making this statement, he was in front of a very pagan, ritualistic place that 
was known for its bizarre activity. And Jesus wasn't saying, okay, Peter, the rock, I'm not building this church on you or your faith. I am building this church on the foundation that God has ordained and even this pagan place. Even these ideas, these beliefs, these rituals, they will not prevail against the kingdom of God. Believe it or not, in our city of Evansville, there are places where the presence of Christ is desperately needed. Would you agree? In our schools, there are young people who need to hear about God, who, who loves them and who has a big plan for them. It breaks my heart to hear the news or to read the paper about a young person who has again, chosen to take their life through train tracks or whatever the case might be. We have young people who need to hear the word of God. Would you agree? Our Thanksgiving offering this year, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, I don't know if you're aware of that organization. They've been around for a long, long time. My son Madden, Bloomington and Champaign, very active with FCA. In fact, he is the chaplain of some high school football and basketball teams, that gives him the ability to get in those doors when those doors are closed to other religious organizations. So to have chapters of FCA beginning here in Evansville, a way to get in to at least speak to athletes who have influence over other students, what a great way to help our young people get a little bit closer to the Christ of the cross. Believe it or not, there are all kinds of homes in all kinds of neighborhoods that have families who need to hear the powerful, life-changing message of Jesus. Would you agree? I mean, neighborhoods are starting to fire up, aren't they? Everything looks so festive. But I wonder what things are like inside those houses, what those homes are really like. and Maybe we can be that answer for some people. The second mailing went out this week for our Polar Express thing. Another way that we can invite people to our campus, to our building, to maybe get a little bit closer to our God. And last year, if you were here, this place was jam-packed of all ages wanting to hear the message of Jesus. I think through block parties, remember Polar Express Live, Christmas Eve, Easter, Easter egg hunting. Those are some ways that we can very easily bring people onto our property and share with them the message that comes from Jesus. There are business professionals in our city who need to hear about Jesus and the life-changing message that he can bring them. There are so many people who have had their lives wrecked by sin who need to know that God can forgive and grace is available and he can help them put their pieces back together. I have friends who, who battle depression on a pretty regular basis and they need to know that there is hope and that hope comes from, from Jesus. The city is filled with thousands of people who need to know that there is a God who loves them 
so much that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross to save them from their sins. And in order to do this, we need to be aggressive with our approach. We need to be actively doing something. And I hate to ever preach a message without giving people the opportunity to go and do. I mean, we're good at coming and sitting, aren't we? But I want to give you the chance to go and to do something. And this Friday, at this Polar Express event, we still need help to pull that thing off. As soon as we conclude here today, Amy is going to be out in our, whatever that area is, out there. She'll be at the Welcome Center, and if you would like to help out in some way, she'll have a whole list of things that need to happen. And you might just need to be a smiling face and pointing people to the cobbler. I have no idea what she needs. But if you're going to be here Friday, a lot of people like to come and sit. Maybe you could come and sit and help and do. So maybe that would give you a chance to do something, because I think the Bible expects us, God commands us to, to look for such opportunities. And that's coming this Friday. Also, Wednesday, December the 16th, our church again is going to be providing a Christmas dinner for the people at the rescue mission. I don't know if you've ever done that with us before. I think last year there must have been 70 or 75 of us who gathered that night to help serve this meal. Now, there was a lot more than that who sent food along that needed to be served. But if you can be at the mission On Wednesday, December 16th, around 5 o'clock, we're going to start serving around 5.30. Don't be late. Anyone here like to eat late? These guys don't either. So if you can be there around 5.30 downtown to Evansville Rescue Mission, that would be a good place to start. If you can't be there, some people can't. We also need to have some cakes made to be served at the mission. And these guys really like chocolate. I don't know what it is about chocolate, but they really like chocolate. I know I have some ladies here who will be baking some cookies that week, and we'll be also having cookies at their place, and their places will be decorated. It's going to be kind of a great event for them, but if you can bake a cake. You know what else they're serving? Green bean casserole. I think I might pass that by, but that's what we want to serve too, green bean casserole. And we need some green bean casseroles. And you might have the greatest recipe in the world. It might be your grandmama's. And we need people to sign up for cakes and green bean casseroles. Mashed potatoes, meat's going to be provided by other entities here in the church. But those are just a few things you can do. I mean, really do to begin to Minister in some shape or way. And if you can't do any of that, you know, the the Bible says we need to devote ourselves to prayer. Maybe you can just pray for those who go. Pray that they might encounter something. Pray that those who gather to eat might experience something from us that might change who they are. Staff went out to eat Friday night. I had reservations at one place, but Michael told me this other place would be a life-changing experience. And it was good. I really hope that December 16th, down at the mission, we can provide a life-changing experience because of Jesus. Again this year, 
We're gathering some gifts that we're going to take out to the Evansville Rescue Mission, not till the 21st or the 22nd or 23rd, somewhere in there, because they hand these out to their guys, a very intimate time for them. I almost said that Debbie and I went shopping. <laughs> Let me be completely honest. Debbie went shopping, <laughs> and I was on the couch. However, we already have uh, our gifts for the mission. This one just says on the back, size large. This one here says extra large. And for the next few weeks, and we just have two more Sundays. You know, the way Christmas lands this year, it kind of lands in a funny place. And we just have two more Sundays to bring these gifts in. And we're going to line them up down here in front of the stage because out there we have too much congestion. And I hope to have two or 300 gifts again this year to give to the mission. Anybody here open more than one present on Christmas? We all do, don't we? Wouldn't it be great to have two or three there for those guys to open just because of Jesus? So we need to pray that God opens doors of ministry for the church. And we need to pray that we are willing to do our part in this whole grand scheme of things. And we need to pray that we'll be willing to go through those doors once they open. Some have already begun to prepare for this Polar Express thing. My friend down here, Michael Colbert, has created a train that looks like something from Disney. I don't know how many hours my friend has poured into that, and now they're trying to get wheels, Dan Dickerson and Alan Eicher, to finish the project, but amazing stuff is happening in the name of Jesus. So that's what we need to begin to pray. We need to pray that God would open doors and the second thing that he talks about in this piece is that we proclaim the message of Christ and that we do it clearly. Verse 4, Paul says, Pray that I may proclaim it, the message, clearly. And one problem that the church has today is that we tend to confuse the message of Christ, the good news. Some think the message is, don't do this and don't do that and, 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 and don't ever do that. But that's not the message. Some think it's just being good and being good enough, that's not it. Some think it's all about joining the church and that is important, but that's not it. And the heart of our message is this, so if you don't get anything else, get this. I read this week that the average goldfish in America has a longer attention span than we humanoids. I didn't like that. They say we have a better memory than a goldfish. Well, that's something to write home about. So if you don't get anything else, get this today, okay? Here is the bottom line. Jesus is the Son of God, He is the Son of the living God. He is the Lord of all. He died on the cross on Calvary for your sins and mine. He offers salvation to everyone. He has the power to help you change your life. He can remove your guilt and shame with joy and purpose. That's what the Bible is all about. It's a love story from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation. That's the message that we need to communicate, and we need it communicated clearly 
So as the doors of opportunity open up, we need to walk through, we need to proclaim the message clearly, and finally, we need to pray that we will not let any setbacks stand in our way. Do you know how many ideas or programs in the church usually fail? The experts say 8 out of 10 usually fail for various reasons. So what does that mean? We should quit coming up with ideas, quit coming up with programs. No, that means we just need to not quit. Not surrender, not ever give up. When it comes to the cause of Christ, there is something there that we need to hang on to. He says in verse 3, so that we can proclaim the mystery of Christ, for he says, for which now I'm chained up for. I'm in prison because of this concept. Paul spent a significant time of his ministry up to his ears in setbacks. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I want to start reading with verse 24. This is what Paul ran through. He said, five times after I became the minister of the gospel, five times I received from the Jews the 40, the 40 lashes minus one. And the reason he said that, usually they counted these 40 lashes, and if they went over the 40 mark, those giving the lashes could receive lashes. So they usually stopped at 39. They didn't want to go 70, 20 sets. Let's do that again. So he says, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night in a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger in the rivers, danger from bandits, danger from my own countrymen, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled, and have often gone without sleep. I have often known hunger and thirst, and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressures of my concern for all the churches. Nobody told me there would be days like this in Bible college. Did Paul miss out that part of the whole process? Anybody here have a tough day? Like this? For the king? No. We get a little cold and we sleep it off on Sunday morning. You know, or things aren't going quite well, so we sacrifice this. We're the first to give up, the first to quit, the first to surrender. Paul prays that we can hang in there even though we're having tough stuff. Anybody here ever hear of Jimmy V? College basketball people, Jimmy Valvano? He was a great college basketball coach. In 1993, he gave a speech because he was suffering from cancer. He didn't live too long after the speech, but the speech touched the lives of millions. In fact, this guy touched the lives and changed the lives of millions. I have the speech recorded at home on my DVR, and every now and then I'll play it just to hear it. It's about a... 25, 28-minute speech, but I just want to share with you the last couple minutes of the speech this morning. Could I do that? It goes like this. I just got one last thing. I urge all of you, all of you, to enjoy your life, the precious moments you have, to spend each day with some laughter and some thought, 
to get your emotions going, to be enthusiastic every day. And Ralph Waldo Emerson said, nothing great can be accomplished without enthusiasm, to keep your dreams alive in spite of problems, whatever you have, to be able to work hard for your dreams to, become, to come true, become a reality. Now I, I look at where I, I am now and I know what I want to do. What I would like to be able to do is to spend whatever time I have left and to give in maybe some hope to others. Right, Arthur Ashe Foundation is a wonderful thing. And, and AIDS, the, the, the amount of money pouring in for AIDS is not enough, but it is significant. But if I told you it's 10 times the amount that comes in for cancer research, I also tell you that 500,000 people will die this year of cancer. And I also tell you that one in every four will be afflicted with this disease. And yet, for somehow, we seem to have put it in a little bit of the background. I want to bring it back on the front table. We need your help. I need your help. We need money for research. It may not save my life. It may save my children's lives. It may save someone you love. And it's very important. And ESPN has been so kind to support me in this endeavor and allow me to announce tonight that with ESPN's support, which means what? Their, 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 their money and their dollars that they're helping me. We are starting the Jim, Jimmy V Foundation for Cancer Research. And its, and its motto is, don't give up, don't ever give up. And that's what I'm going to try to do. Every minute that I have left, I will thank God for the day and the moment I have. And if you see me, smile and maybe give me a hug, because that's important to me too. But try, if you can, to support, whether it's AIDS or the Cancer Foundation, so that, that someone else might survive, might prosper, and might actually be cured of this dreaded disease. I can't thank ESPN enough for allowing this to happen, and I'm going to work as hard as I can, you know, for cancer research, and hopefully we'll be, maybe we'll have some cures and some breakthroughs, and I'd like to think, I'm going to fight my brains out to be back here again next year for the Arthur Ashe recipient. I want to give it next year. I know I've got to go. I've, I've got to go, and I've got one last thing. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind. It cannot touch my heart, and it cannot touch my soul. And those three things are going to carry on forever. I thank you, and God bless you all. That coach did a whole lot for a whole lot of people. Did a whole lot for cancer and cancer research. But you know what? Every time I hear that, you know what I'm reminded of? There was a man, his name was Jesus, who was greater than that. And he gave up his life so that we might have hope. And I love their, their battle cry, don't give up, don't ever... Give up. If you are a follower of Jesus here today, let me remind you that he is still in control. God the Father has his hand in everything. And God does have a plan. So regardless of what life deals you, 
Don't give up. Don't ever, ever give up. Regardless of how hard it is or how difficult it is, don't ever quit. Don't ever surrender. Do your best to remain close to him. I think that's the message that Paul had for his friends at Colossians. Devote yourself to prayer. Pray for ministry. Pray that we can do it clearly. And pray that God does not allow setbacks to destroy us or to discourage us or frustrate us. So as we stand here today, let me encourage you with these final words. No matter what, don't ever give up. Don't ever...